Hello, world. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. The stumbling block principle, as it is often called, is something that we saw yesterday in 1 Corinthians 8, and we see again today in chapter 10. We also see it in Romans 14. It's the principle of the Christian life and conduct that whatever we do or say shouldn't become a hindrance to the faith and life of a Christian brother or sister. But do you know what's rather difficult about that? Hey, Hopeful, welcome to episode 1932 of our journey together through the Bible. Glad you've joined the movement of those being transformed by reading through every word of God's revelation of himself and considering our own life work in light of that, including just keeping it real here. Yesterday felt like the worst episode that I've ever recorded or in a long time, and seriously, I wanted to re-record it. Yet, maybe even that is a lesson. God wants us to show up. He doesn't expect us to be perfect. Thank you for your grace. The difficulty with that whole stumbling block principle thing is related to understanding not so much as it fits how we know it or even why it's important, but rather how we do it, the implementation. So today we're going to knock down 1 Corinthians 10, and then I'll share with you something that someone way smarter than me thinks can guide us, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Now, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud. All passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food, and all ate the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them since they were struck down in the wilderness. Now these things took place as examples for us so that we will not desire evil things as they did. Don't become idolaters as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to party. Let us not commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and in a single day 23,000 people died. Let us not test Christ as some of them did and were destroyed by snakes. And don't grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroyer. These things happened to them as examples and they were written for our instruction on whom the ends of the ages have come. So whoever thinks he stands must be careful not to fall. No temptation has come upon you except what is common to humanity But God, God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation, he will also provide a way out so that you may be able to bear it. So then, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. I am speaking as two sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I'm saying. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a sharing in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a sharing in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread. We who are many are one body. 
since all of us share the one bread. Consider the people of Israel. Do not those who eat the sacrifices participate in the altar? What am I saying then? That food sacrificed to idols is anything? Or that an idol is anything? No, but I do say that what they sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot share in the Lord's table and the table of demons. Or are we provoking the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Everything is permissible. I'm going to pause. Remember that that in quotation marks is again referencing something that they were saying, right? Everything is permissible, quote unquote, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything builds up. No one is to seek his own good, but the good of the other person. Eat everything that is sold in the meat market without raising questions for the sake of conscience, since the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it. If any of the unbelievers invites you over and you want to go, eat everything that's set before you without raising questions for the sake of conscience. But if someone says to you, this is food from a sacrifice, do not eat it out of consideration for the one who told you and for the sake of conscience. I do not mean your own conscience, but the other person's. For why is my freedom judged by another person's conscience? If I partake with thanksgiving, why am I criticized because of something for which I give thanks? So, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or Greeks or the church of God, just as I also try to please everyone in everything, not seeking my own benefit, but the benefit of many, so that they may be saved. Imitate me, as I also imitate Christ. That is 1 Corinthians 10. So, the cleaner answer to how do we implement this don't cause your brother to stumble stuff is, is probably found in Romans 14. Walter Kaiser comments in a, on it this way. He says, we must recognize that Paul is not concerned here about simply offending by doing something with which they disagree or which they deem inappropriate or unacceptable for Christians. Rather, he is concerned about the eternal welfare of these quote-unquote weak Christians, about acts which cause them to fail in their spiritual journey, leading to the destruction of their young faith. The principles, this is still Kaiser, the principles which Paul lays down are identical to those given in the previous couple chapters, Romans 12 and 13. Do nothing that causes fellow believers to come to ruin. Rather, build them up in love and seek the good of others. So there you go. Turning to our Old Testament segment, yesterday we began the prophet Hosea, and the opening first few chapters introduces and illustrates Israel's broken covenant, right? That whole go marry a prostitute thing. The rest of the book explains this whole broken covenant stuff. Now, Israel, the unfaithful wife, will someday actually return to Yahweh as a faithful wife, 
But before that day comes, she must pass through judgment for worship of false gods and numerous sins. Yet the judgment, now catch this, the judgment isn't retribution. That's an important thing to remember about particularly the Old Testament stuff. Judgment is not retribution. In this case, it is a way to draw the unfaithful back to God. God loves Israel and longs to show her grace and forgiveness. And when the unfaithful wife returns, she will flourish with Yahweh's blessings. How's that for your spoiler alert today? Hosea picking up in chapter 4. Hear the word of the Lord, people of Israel. For the Lord has a case against the inhabitants of the land, saying, There is no truth, no faithful love, and no knowledge of God in the land. Cursing, lying, murder, stealing, and adultery are rampant. One act of bloodshed follows another. For this reason the land mourns and everyone who lives in it languishes, along with the wild animals and the birds of the sky, even the fish of the sea disappear. But let no one dispute, let no one argue, for my case is against you priests. You will stumble by day. The prophet will also stumble with you by night and I will destroy your mother. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will reject you from serving as my priest. Since you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your sons. The more they multiplied, the more they sinned against me. I will change their honor into disgrace. They will feed on the sin of my people. They have an appetite for their iniquity. The same judgment will happen to both people and priests. I will punish them for their ways and repay them for their deeds. They will eat, but not be satisfied. They will be promiscuous, but not multiply. For they have abandoned their devotion to the Lord. Promiscuity, wine, and new wine take away one's understanding. My people consult their wooden idols and their divining rods inform them. For a spirit of promiscuity leads them astray. They act promiscuously in disobedience to their God. They sacrifice on the mountaintops. They burn offerings on the hills and under oaks, poplars, and terebinths because their shade is pleasant. And so your daughters act promiscuously and your daughters-in-law commit adultery I will not punish your daughters when they act promiscuously or your daughters-in-law when they commit adultery for the men themselves go off with prostitutes and make sacrifices with cult prostitutes. People without discernment are doomed. Israel, if you act promiscuously, don't let Judah become guilty. Do not go to Gilgal or make a pilgrimage to Beth Aven. Do not swear an oath, saying, As the Lord lives. For Israel is as obstinate as a stubborn cow. Can the Lord now shepherd them like a lamb in an open meadow? Ephraim is attached to idols. Leave him alone. When their drinking is over, they turn to promiscuity. Israel's leaders fervently love disgrace. A wind with its wings will carry them off, and and they will be ashamed of their sacrifices. Hear this, priests. Pay attention, house of Israel. Listen, royal house, for the judgment applies to you because you have been a snare at Mitzpah and a net spread out over Tabor. 
Rebels are deeply involved in slaughter. I will be a punishment for all of them. I know Ephraim, and Israel is not hidden from me. For now, Ephraim, you have acted promiscuously. Israel is defiled. Their actions do not allow them to return to their God. For a spirit of promiscuity is among them, and they do not know the Lord. Israel's arrogance testifies against them. Both Israel and Ephraim will stumble because of their iniquity. Even Judah will stumble with them. They go with their flocks and herds to seek the Lord, but but do not find him. He has withdrawn from them. They betrayed the Lord. Indeed, they gave birth to illegitimate children. Now the new moon will devour them along with their fields. Blow the ram's horn in Gibeah, the trumpet in Ramah. Raise a war cry in beth Look behind you, Benjamin. Ephraim will become a desolation on the day of punishment. I announce what is certain among the tribes of Israel. The princes of Judah are like those who move boundary markers. I will pour out my fury on them like water. Ephraim is oppressed, crushed in judgment, for he is determined to follow what is worthless. So I am like rot to Ephraim and decay to the house of Judah. When Ephraim saw his sickness and Judah saw his wound, Ephraim went to Assyria and sent a delegation to the great king, but he cannot cure you or heal your wound. For I am like a lion to Ephraim, like a young lion to the house of Judah. Yes, I will tear them to pieces and depart. I will carry them off and no one can rescue them. I will depart and return to my place until they recognize their guilt and seek my face. They will search for me in their distress. Come, let's return to the Lord, for he has torn us and he will heal us. He has wounded us and he will help us bind up our wounds. He will revive us after two days, and on the third day he will raise us up so we can live in his presence. My friends, I hope you caught that. I'm just going to pause right here. Uh, Messianic foreshadowing right there. Come, let's return to the Lord, for he has torn us and he will heal us. He has wounded us and he will bind up our wounds. Here we go. He will revive us after two days, and on the third day he will raise us up so we can live in his presence. Let us strive to know the Lord. His appearance is as sure as the dawn. He will come to us like the rain, like the spring showers that water the land. What am I going to do with you, Ephraim? What am I going to do with you, Judah? Your love is like the morning mist and like the early dew that vanishes. This is why I have used the prophets to cut them down. I have killed them with the words from my mouth. My judgment strikes like lightning, for I desire faithful love and not sacrifice. I desire the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. But they, like Adam, have violated the covenant. There, they have betrayed me. Gilead is a city of evildoers, tracked with bloody footprints. 
like raiders who wait in ambush for someone, a band of priests murders on the road to Shechem. They commit atrocities. I have seen something horrible in the house of Israel. Ephraim's promiscuity is there. Israel is defiled. A harvest is also appointed for you, Judah, when I return my people from captivity. When I hear Israel, the iniquity of Ephraim and the crimes of Samaria will be exposed, for they practice fraud. A thief breaks in, a raiding party pillages outside, but they never consider that I remember all their evil. Now their actions are all around them. They are right in front of my face. And my friends, that gets us up. Well, four through six and just a couple verses into chapter seven. And you know what? The psalm that goes with this, I'm going to make part of our Sunday reflection. If you're new around here on Sundays, I do a short little reflection that's just something typically about that we bubbled up during the week. But this next psalm, I want you to catch tomorrow's reflection. This next psalm is a cry against injustice. And I think it's just particularly poignant for us here in 2023. So let me pray us out, and I hope you have a great weekend. Lord, Father in heaven, through the blood of your Son and by the power of your Holy Spirit, we come to you. We're just full of gratitude that you see us white as snow, that you raised us with Jesus not because of anything that we've done, Lord, but, but simply because you loved us. You love us, present tense. You're going to keep loving us even when we blow it in the future. Lord, and I thank you that, that your son conquered the power of sin and death, conquered the penalty of sin and death. And that makes that grace rather amazing. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you, my friends. Amen.